but you have to be in this right mindset to do anything. And that's in life in general. If you can get your mind in the right place and, and practice every day, whether meditation or whatever it is, I think that's the key to everything in life, not just real estate. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations, not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about the pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E you're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Corey Iannacone. How you doing, Corey? Very good, Joe. Very good. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And a little bit about Corey. He's a lawyer. He lives in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, been practicing law for 15 years. In 2016, started real estate investing while maintaining his job. And 12 months from November 17th through the next November, <laughs> November 18th, he went from two units to 18 units and a parking lot. He put under contract over a million in real estate investments at that time. He's used all sorts of types of financing. So we're going to dig into that and talk about it. So with that being said, Corey, first, you want to get the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Yeah, I think you nailed it with the background right there. I am an attorney in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I'm originally from Maryland. I'm up here in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania now. 
that's my primary job, an attorney. But in 2016, I started getting involved into real estate investing, just something different to do. I have a passion for it. And it's just taken off for the last three or four years. What type of attorney are you? A good one. <laughs> You've used that line before. I have. Not the first one that's asked me. I specialize in labor and employment issues. So people getting fired from their jobs, suing their employer, discrimination issues, and also union issues. Okay. Got it. So I interrupted you. You had a good flow going and I just jarred it. So from a real estate standpoint, tell me about the latest. My focus, I think that's what you were talking about, is multifamily, cash flow, just looking for that passive income is something different to do than the nine to five or exchanging your time for money. I just hate that idea. So that's been my focus. And that's just what I've been doing for the last three years. Most of my properties are smaller. They're the two to four unit size. You mentioned before, I do have a parking lot in there, which was interesting. It was part of a package deal I bought and it turned out to be probably my best purchase, I'd say. So let's dig into some specifics. So did you just have an epiphany in 2016 that you wanted to start real estate investing? It was either an epiphany or a midlife crisis. Uh, <laughs> I was flying down to my sister's wedding in Key West, and I picked up Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Kind of cliche, but I have to read for my job. So, I mean, I read all the time, but not really fun. And I knocked that book out in two days. I've never read something that quickly or like not been able to put it down. I think what it was is he was just able to put into words what I've always thought kind of in the back of my head for the last 36 years of my life. And it just something clicked. And I remember flying back from the wedding. And by way of backstory, my grandfather had passed away two years prior. And his house had just been sitting vacant all that time. And so I'm flying back with my mother. And I turned her on the plane. I said, let me rehab Pop's house and rent it out for you. I mean, right now, how much money do you pay a year in taxes, the electric bill, the utilities? And it's just doing nothing. If you let me do this, I promise you'll never have to pay another penny out of pocket. But even better... You'll get a check every month for money in your pocket. You'll make money off of it. Mm -hmm. So that's really my epiphany slash midlife crisis back in 2016 that started this big snowball rolling down the hill. So first one, was it a duplex? That was just a single family house. That was my grandfather's house. So okay. what I did was, it's a longer story, which I don't think we should get into, but it, I was going to purchase it initially. My mother didn't really want to get rid of it. So long story short is, she just kept it. She was willing to finance the rehab. And I used it as an opportunity to just basically get the experience of what exactly you need to do, the construction mm -hmm. part of it, the rehab, renting out. It was basically a trial run for me where I really wasn't putting any of my money into the deal. And it's working out great for her. It's listed at top rent. It's a check every month and it just coasts. But once that happened, I'm up in Harrisburg. I decided to find a duplex closer to me. A lot of shopping around, eventually I landed on a duplex that my realtor said he hasn't listed it yet, but he was getting ready to list it. And I just jumped on that opportunity. Okay. So let's talk about that one. Tell us about that deal. It's located in the historic district in Harrisburg, which is an up and coming area. They spent the last 15 years or so, a lot of revitalization going on in the area. Mm -hmm. So they've been taking these old historic houses that are built in around 1900s and basically just updating them. They have great bones, they're all brick houses, they're gorgeous on the outside, but the inside just needs some love. A lot of these houses were chopped up back, I think in the 70s, into like duplexes, triplexes, quads, 
and uh, turned into rental units. So that's what this was, old house. It was a duplex. So the first floor apartment was rented out, but the second floor apartment was just rough and needed a lot of love and it was vacant. So that's when I had jumped in and, and purchased it. What are the numbers? I ended up paying one fifteen for that. You always end up learning. You put more money into that place than you initially budget for or anticipate, especially on your first deal. A lot of things come up, especially with the older houses. So I think I ended up putting in around 40 and I rehabbed that second apartment that was vacant. So that's part of it. But then the first floor apartment became vacant about 10 months later. So that includes that too. You started out with a duplex and in the bio, it says two units to 18 units in a parking lot. Now, are those 18 units in total? How many? Or did you buy an 18 unit? No, no. It's in total. And they're all okay. comprised of two units and three units. There's actually going to be four, two units, and then there's three, three units plus the parking lot. So you found something that you like that's working for you, the, the two and three units. Tell us about, of those purchases, which one has been the most challenging? I say financially the most challenging would definitely be a duplex, which I love today. It's a great house, great building, but it just required way more money than I initially anticipated when I bought it. I bought that one for 110. It was all single metered for everything, the gas and the electric. So I looked at the numbers and the numbers looked atrocious from the seller because he was paying that bill all himself. Mm -hmm. The places need to be fixed up. So I ended up splitting the electric and splitting the heat, which was very expensive, more than I initially anticipated. How much? The electric, I ended up spending between two and three at the end. And the longer story there, I had an electrician I was working with, but I decided I really should shop this around. And I got a new electrician in there but he wasn't licensed in the city and he, we had issues pulling the permit. And I would have been better off just paying an extra couple hundred bucks with the person. <laughs> and that was a tough lesson to learn there. Why'd you switch initially? Just because I was new at the time uh-huh. and I was using the same electrician, getting good work, but I always felt that I was paying just a little more. Okay. <laughs> I always thought maybe I could save a few dollars here or there, <laughs> but I going back to that same guy because you know what? I will gladly pay an extra couple hundred bucks for somebody who's absolutely reliable, get the job done and not have to worry about it. All right. What about the heat? I was more expensive. That was closer to 10 because I had to put a new furnace in there. So at least the first floor apartment, we ended up putting central air in there because that's the new heat source we put in for the first floor apartment. All the other ones were running on a gas boiler. So we just kept that to run this apartment number two, which was floors two and three of the building. Okay. And did you know going into it that splitting the heat was going to be 10K? No. Initially, I think I was budgeting for six. So it's just a couple thousand dollars add up, but it's that. And there's a lot more that added on to that. Mm -hmm. What was it that changed the estimate? Because I imagine that you did your research and you spoke to someone. It's like, hey, I got to split the heat. I need to make an offer. You need to make sure these numbers work. How much is it? 6K, great. I'm going to roll with that. What changed? I don't know, honestly. It's, really <laughs> new, it's, a conversa- it's a great question. But when you're back to the wall and stuff needs to get done, I don't really have much bargaining at that point. I know the electric, initially, the first guy I told you came in. He said, you could probably get this done for two. And then he was saying, well, no more than three. And that's where I got a bad feeling. I was like, let me get somebody else in who I know is definitely going to get this done for less money. And that's what caused the issue there. The heat, 
I think part of it had to do with those radiators are much heavier than I realized in the building. It was removing the radiator, cutting holes, and I don't know. I mean, those are the only things. It was just an estimate in the beginning when he initially just looked at it, and then when right. he actually could get in there, then he gave me his final quote. Is this deal the one that you did the most amount of work on in terms of dollar amount? Dollar amount, yes. So one other thing I missed was repointing. These are old historic houses. They're all built brick. I've repointed before. That first duplex, I told you, I, I did some repointing there. But this one needed the entire side repointed. And I just didn't catch that when I initially went through to purchase it. And they're big buildings, too. So the same guy who did repointing also added some gutters. I know I ended up paying him just over seven grand between repointing, brickwork, and gutters on the place. After the dust settled, how do the numbers look on that one? So that one I bought for 110 and I ended up putting close to 60 into the place by the end of the day when everything was done. And that includes rehabbing both apartments. And what's it rent for? All in 170 Oh, yeah. The first floor apartment rents for just over $1,000. It's 1005 And upstairs rents for 1250 So it's just under 2300 a month on that duplex. Mm-hmm. And then my mortgage on the thing's like 1100 And I'm on the hook for water, sewer, trash. So trash, I spend 30 bucks a month. And water, sewer, somewhere around 70 80-ish a month. So it still cash flows at the end. How did you find so many properties within a relatively short period of time? Good question. So I did the first duplex and you know this, it's so addictive, especially when you're getting started, that I was depressed when I finished it. I rehabbed that first apartment. I was like, I want to do this again. And this job's done. I can't just sit back and do nothing. And I called my realtor and another duplex had just gone on the market. And we went and looked at it. The same week I finished a rehab on the first one and rented it out. And I told him, I could just put an offer on the thing. And I did, and I got that. And that was November of 2017. So that's the first duplex, which ends up getting rehabbed. I finished that one up in February of 2018. Once that's done, I did my own direct mail marketing campaign. I sent those all out and I got some hits off of that. But what I did was I cashed out refied on those two duplexes I had, and I got close to 50,000 cash. I enough for two down payments on two more buildings, just like the ones I just did. Mm -hmm. So that's what started that. I found two more. I found somebody in Colorado who had a three unit and a two unit. The one, two units, the one we were just talking about, the money pit one. Someone in Colorado, so an an out-of-state owner? Yeah, he used to be here, but he ended up moving out to Colorado. Okay. And he got one of my mailers, and so he called me. So I bought those as a package. Once I signed the contract on that, another three units in a perfect location went on the market, and it was way below value. So I called my realtor right away and said, I want to put an offer on this place to go take a look at it. And he told me, he said, this is way undervalued. It's going to go for way more than that. So I said, all right, I'll offer 105 He said, you'll never get this place for 105 It's going to go for a lot more. And I said, I'm okay, offer up to 110000 And he goes, you're never going to get it. It's going to go for a lot more. And I said, make it a cash offer because I don't care. I don't even have the money because I'm buying this three unit and two unit, right? So that's where my cash is going anyway. So I don't have 110. It doesn't matter if I don't get it. And he calls me later that night. And he goes, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> you got that three unit. And the reason I told you you weren't going to get it is because my other client, he put in for 125 
for it. But he did a conventional loan. Oh. They, you did cash, and they were really scared. The seller's agent's just not from the area, doesn't realize what this thing's worth, and was scared it wasn't going to appraise. So they want you to buy it. So it was like, I don't even know what the feeling of was. I mean, Bart was like happy, but Bart confused, was like confused, sad, scared. All I mean, it's like I was going through all these emotions at the same time. And it was late at night. It was like eight or nine o'clock at night. I went to bed. I woke up the next morning. I just got on the horn and started calling everybody who told me, "Oh, we're totally in. If you ever find a deal, let us know. We're totally in." Uh huh. And well, I don't know if you've ever done that, but everybody who <laughs> says they're in, when it actually comes to yeah, you have to the plate to play ball. People get nervous about it. Like, well, you know, my money's tied up in brokerage accounts. Uh, maybe in December, maybe three months from now. It's like, no, I got like seven days to come up. With that. <laughs> So long story short, there was a doctor who I had a relationship with and he's like, well, I'll tell you, I'm going to give you 60 for this. I'm behind this. I want to learn about real estate anyway. I I trust you. So he gave me 60. I got hooked up with a hard money guy who was like, I'll give you a hundred. I was like, just give me 60. That's all I want right now. So he gave me 60. I closed on that deal and that one turned out, that one cash flows very well. So there's three units in that. The first two rent for 900 and upstairs, which is not rehab yet. That one rents for 600. So you're up to like $2,400 coming in. My mortgage on that one's just over 900 bucks a month. So it was my most anxious one probably mm-hmm. I bought, but it also was very profitable. How many people did you speak to prior to getting to the doctor? Well, I talked to the doctor the first time. He said no. Said, oh. that, was like two, that was like two or three follow-up phone calls. He actually told me, I'm totally in if this other guy's in. I was like, well, the other guy actually said he's not in. So then he's like, well, I don't know. Let me think about it. I don't know. I sent so many emails. This is just one day. I would imagine I hit close to 20 people between emails and phone calls. Just anybody I knew who said they might be interested in it. And you had multiple calls with that doctor. Was it initially no? And then you like, yeah, I'm going to give him one more call. Or was it maybe talk to me in a day or two? Well, initially it was, I'm totally in if so-and-so's in, because he's my buddy. We all know, we all three go in together. And I was like, I already knew the other guy was not in because Mm -hmm. his money was tied up and it just wasn't the right time for him. So I was like, look, the other guy's not in. It's just going to be you and me. And he's like, I really got to talk to my wife about this. I'm not sure. So it was two or three follow-up phone calls where he talked about, he's well, how would it be arranged? Was the second one, what are we doing? Am I going to get an ownership interest? Am I just loaning you the money? We talked that through. And then uh, I remember getting the email. He actually emailed me later that day and said, you know what? Spoke to the wife. We're in. I trust you 100%. So that was that. And then right at that same time, right after I closed on that and the other two from the Colorado guy, the three unit and the two unit, I got another hit on a mailer. It was this woman who said, my mother, she's 80 some years old. She's living in the area. She's 50 units. She's been doing this for like 30 some years. And she's moving to North Carolina. Do you want any of them? And she lived in a duplex in a great location, right? Next door to the duplex was a three unit. And there was also a single family that was next to it. And there was also a parking lot, which she owned all of them. They're all right next to each other. So I was feeling ambitious after I got that one <laughs> unit with no cash. So I told her, wrap them up. Yep, I'll cash. I'll, 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 I'll pay double. Well, not that ambitious. Not oh, that okay. ambitious. I, I told her, I go, I'll take them all, but I have no money. And I need you to finance the deal because I knew she owned them all outright, except she had a HELOC on the two units she lived in, but the other one she owned outright. And she said, okay, that's fine. And I asked her to delay the closing on the two unit till we get the other ones locked up. And she was fine with that. So she financed those deals. One was a parking lot 
And that was probably my more interesting deal. If you want me to hit on that. Real quick. I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah. Will you just high level? Yeah, real quick. So my realtor told me, I think the parking lot's probably, I ballpark 60 or 70 is probably what you should go in for the offer. I had known from the daughter, the daughter told me the neighbor had already offered 20 for it. So I said, you know what? I'm going to offer you the same the neighbor did 20. She came back with 30. We agreed on 25. The day I closed where she was financing it, I called my bank and said, I need a mortgage on this thing. I actually told her not to renew any leases on those parking lot spaces. And what I did was I paid the rent for the parking lot for the first month so she wouldn't renew it. And I did brand new leases where I increased the rents on all of them because I knew they were way below market value. Mm. And so when I called my bank, I said, here's all the new financials on the parking lot. The bank came out, they appraised it at 60000 with the new rents on oh, there. Yeah. It's commercial. So within a month, I had her paid off because the bank gave me a 75% loan on that. So 45000 out of which 25000 goes to pay off the seller. And there's an extra check for twenty left over, which I use towards rehabbing some of the other properties. That, I- that is such a sophisticated move. Nice work on that. Clearly, you've been practicing law for 15 years, so you're a smart cookie. But just from a real estate standpoint, to pull that off into that type of structure, bravo to you. Nice job. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's exciting, anxious at the same time, but it keeps life interesting. Based on your experience, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? I would focus on mindset. Honestly, you have to be in this right mindset to do anything. And that's in life in general. If you can get your mind in the right place and and practice every day, whether meditation or whatever it is, I think that's the key to everything in life, not just real estate. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. All right. First, quick word from our best ever partners. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Bob Malecki and his team at Resolution Capital Management partner with individuals to invest in distressed residential mortgage notes. If you're interested in doing a joint venture with them, where basically you invest alongside with them and sharing a portion of the profits based on how well that individual project goes, then go to rcm.company forward slash JV. That's rcm.company forward slash JV. What's the best ever way you specifically, one way, and you might do multiple, one way that you hone your mindset? Meditation. Every day. Spend 10 minutes, whatever it is, just in silence and think and focus. How can the listeners learn more about what you're doing? About me specifically? About uh, you, you specifically. You can find me on Bigger Pockets. I have some articles up there. That story that we just talked about going from two to 18 units, there's an article that Bigger Pockets blasted out. So that's the best place awesome. to find me. Well, Corey, thank you for being on the show, talking about some challenges with that duplex and splitting the heat, splitting the electric, the challenges with some other things, but holy cow, some major wins too with those mailers. I think that's obviously a key part of this as well as the parking lot and that creative structure. So enjoyed our conversation. Hope you have a best ever day and talk to you again soon. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate it.